Good morning, church. Welcome. It's good to gather together as God's people uh, to worship. Uh, as we've, we've, We certainly always have new folks with us, and so if you're new, uh, if it's your first Sunday with us, thanks for joining us this morning. Um, we make it a point to begin every one of our services together, every one of our, our times that we gather for worship. We begin in God's Word, and we uh, do it out loud. We read it out loud to each other, and we do this uh, because it's an encouragement from all of us, and it comes to all of us. So would you stand to your feet? We're going to read together out loud the first four verses of Psalm 135. It'll be on the screen. So let's encourage each other with these words. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, you servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praise to his name, for it is delightful. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel as his treasured possession. Amen. Let's sing together. Thou hast died for me, 
Redeemer. All hail, Redeemer, hail, for thou hast died for me. Thy praise and glory shall not fail throughout eternity. Amen. Let's give him hand claps of praise. We've gathered together to worship the name of Jesus Christ, and only his name shall be lifted up in this place, that all men will be drawn unto him. Who has the power to raise the dead? Who can say? from our sin he is our hope our righteousness Jesus only Jesus who can make the blind to see who holds the keys that set us free he paid it all to bring us peace, Jesus, only Jesus. Holy King Almighty, Lord, saints and angels all adore, I join with
it says, For this reason God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you believe that? Let's sing this. You will command the highest praise. Yours is the name above all names. You stand alone. I stand amazed. Jesus, only Jesus. You will command. You will command.
Well, good morning and welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. We exist to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. Well, my name is Alan, and it's so great to join with all of you in worship today. It's just great to be here with you all. If you're a guest with us today, we're so glad that you're here. Welcome. We want to extend a special welcome to you. We would love to get to know you. One way that we can do that is through a Connect card. This is a Connect card. It looks like this. This is sitting in the pew in front of you. If you would take this and fill this out, this will let us know how we can be praying for you, how we can serve you. After service, if you leave through these central doors, if you turn left, you'll see our Next Steps desk. There you can turn in this Connect card. A person there would be happy to answer any questions that, that you might have, and we'd love to give you a free gift. So welcome to our guests. We're so glad that you're here today. As always, we like to encourage our faithful worship through giving. If you'd like to give, there's a few ways that you can do that. One way is by taking a card that looks like this. This is our online giving card. This is also in the pew in front of you. If you'll take a card like this, you can scan that QR code with your phone. That'll take you to our online giving page. If you prefer to give in person, there are black boxes on the back wall in this room. You can drop a, a gift in. You can also write to P.O. Box 92, Hebron, Kentucky, 41048 if you'd like to mail. Or if you'd like to drop into the office, you can come Monday through Thursday, 9 to 430, or Friday, 9 to noon. Well, we're going to transition now to a moment of prayer, so I invite you to please pray with me. Good morning, Father. Lord, this morning we pray for our church's core value of biblical faithfulness. Thank you for the gift, God, of your word, that you've not been silent toward us, but that you've spoken to us through the pages of the Bible. Lord, there are so many times in life where it just feels like we need a word from you. We need direction. We need revelation from you. And thank you that we can find that at our fingertips in the Holy Scriptures. Your words are a wonderful love letter to us. And it's in your word, in the pages of the Bible, that we read of your great victory over evil and brokenness and death and the resurrection of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for revealing to us your amazing love and your invitation to life-giving hope and healing. So, Lord, we ask that you would help us to respond to this amazing gift of the Bible with faithfulness, that with each day we would treasure your word more. Please let your words be on our lips, in our conversations, in our families, in our life group, in our lives. Please let your word be the place that we continue to return to, finding rest, not in ourselves, not in our own efforts to please you, but in the revelation of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of your word. Lord, we pray not only this morning for ourselves, but we lift up to you the Oaks Church in Cincinnati, just over the Ohio River. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Terry Lee Kirkland, Lord, for the congregation of the Oaks Church. And we ask this morning that you would bless them, bless this body of believers as they meet today to worship you. We ask that they would be refreshed in just the knowledge of the gift of your word, and that you would use them, Lord, that you would provide for their needs, take care of them, and use them as a bright light in Cincinnati. Please bless the Oaks Church. Lord, we continue with, with deep concern and grief to lift up to you the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Lord, our, as, as we watch the news or read articles, our hearts just go out to the, to the people of Ukraine. We, we, we just lift them up. We pray for the people of Ukraine. We ask that you would give them strength, that you would protect them, that you would provide for them. For those who have already experienced great trauma, we pray that you would bring healing. Lord, be with them. We pray for government officials of both Russia and Ukraine. We pray that you would guide their hearts to peace. Give them your wisdom. Call them to yourself. 
We pray that you would be with local churches and relief workers and humanitarian aid organizations that are seeking to care for the people in need in Ukraine. And we ask that you would provide both the resources and the volunteers to go and to serve. Father, we pray that you would be with believers, Lord, in Ukraine, local churches seeking, Lord, to sustain, to, to stay connected to you, Lord, seeking to grow in their faith, seeking to be a light for you. Would you please sustain them and bless them? We pray for missionaries in Ukraine and in Russia, praying that you would give them strength. And we pray for those in Ukraine and Russia who've never heard of your good news. We pray that you would let them hear and believe about the life-changing message, the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, this morning, we conclude this prayer as we come to you with our greatest need, the greatest need, that we've been separated from you because of our sin, that we have all fallen short, all of us, of your glory, of your holy standards, of your perfect character. And we pray that in light of that, that you would look upon Jesus and that his sacrifice would cover us. But we, we pray that you would forgive us of our sins and wash us clean because of the sacrifice of the perfect Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life, who died in our place. We pray that through his precious blood that you would wash us clean and cleanse us. And by the power of his resurrection, that you would give us new life as we walk and follow after you. We worship you and praise you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're doing. We continue to praise you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And as we consider that we have confessed our sins to God, um, let us be reminded that if it weren't by his grace, that would have done us no good. But by his grace and glory to his name, uh, we are forgiven, we are redeemed, we are atoned for, and we can give glory to Christ alone for that. Would you stand to your feet and let's do that together. Should nothing of our efforts stand, no legacy survive, unless the Lord does raise the house, in vain its builders strive. To you who boast tomorrow's gain, tell me, what is your life amidst the vanishes at dawn? All glory be to Christ. All glory be to Christ our King. All glory be to Christ. His rule and reign will ever sing. All will be done. His will be done, His kingdom come on earth as is above. Who is Himself our daily bread? Praise Him, the Lord above. When every water satisfied the Glory be to Christ.
of praise. He is worthy. Let's make this our prayer that God would draw us near as we hear from his word. Sing this, Near My God. Nearer my God to thee, nearer to
morning. Uh, good to see you this morning. If you would, join with me in your copy of God's Word in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. If you want to turn to the Pew Bible that's in front of you, you follow along in the translation that I preach from. It's page 860. 860. We are beginning a new series today. We are going Sermon on the Mount to continue out chapter 6 through 7. Uh, back in 2017, some may remember that long ago, we began uh, chapter 5, and we went through 12 verses. Uh, then last year, we went through uh, chapter, I mean, verse 13, and through chapter 6, verse 8. And so now we're going to continue out through about Easter that we'll finish out the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. So I'm figuring by the year 2030, we'll get through the Gospel of Matthew. Just joking. Uh, but I will say next Sunday, we hope that you'll join us as we go to the next section of Matthew that will be challenged that ask the question, why do we worry? Why do we worry? So we're going to be talking about that next week. A little bit of homework. You might want to listen to the soundtrack for Encanto, one of the Disney movies here lately. I will try not to spoil it, but I will promise that we will not talk about Bruno. Uh, but if you will join us next Sunday, only a couple people got that. That's okay. That's okay. You'll get it if you listen to the soundtrack between now and next week. Today we're going to look and ask the question, what do you treasure? So let's read beginning of verse 19 to verse 4. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do come and want to be near to you. And Lord, we are thankful that you have given us the gift of your word, that we might know your character, your heart, and we might know how to live. God, when Jesus gave this message 2,000 years ago and was inspired by you, Lord, in it you gave us a way to live where the burden is light, the gift is eternal. So we come to your word seeking that wonderful gift of life. Speak to us, in us, and may we be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. In my life, I am torn between two masters. I have to admit it. There's a part of me that wants to be in shape and weigh less and be healthier and that master is strong especially when it speaks through Sarah <laughs> but there's another master that controls me my love for Krispy Kreme donuts I don't even think of that green and white box my heart starts to flutter a little bit 
and I open it up, and especially, oh, I can feel the red neon sign a thousand miles away, that I know that that wonderful goodness, especially when it's warm, how good it is and melts in your mouth, that I know that it is truly the recipe of the manna from heaven, which God gifted the Israelites and that we will feast on in all eternity. I'm just kidding about that part. But I know that those two things cannot serve each other, right? One is like a day's calorie in one bite, and, and, and there's no way that those two things can interact, and I cannot surely serve both of them. It's impossible to serve two masters. In our passage today, Jesus warns against the divided heart. It is impossible to have two treasures because our treasure becomes our master. And a heart can only be devoted to one. With God as our master, we have eternal life. Through God, we receive contentment. Through it, we know that we have devotion. Through it, we have eternal life. But we know that earthly treasure becomes our master and turns us in on ourselves. The question that we must ask ourselves today is what do we truly treasure? Do you treasure Christ, the relationship with him? Because in it comes the fullness of the kingdom. In it comes contentment. In it comes that we might love and serve others. But when we treasure earthly things, then we're never content. We serve ourselves and our desires. And those things become our functional saviors. As we read this portion of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is asking us and asking you, what do you treasure? In this passage, there are three truths about what we treasure. Number one, if you're following along, taking notes on your bulletin or your phone, number one, your heart follows what you treasure. Your heart follows what you treasure. Verse 19 tells us, don't store for your selves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy or thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in for where your treasure is your heart will be also jesus makes this point this third verse helps us understand the two preceding that jesus teaches that whatever holds our treasure or whatever our treasure we understand that we value what we value, we see it as primary, fulfilling, as something that we long after. In biblical times, the heart was the seat of emotion, but also further than that, it was the center of the physical life. A heart helps us to understand as the whole person, and therefore the heart became, or the idea, the, the vital function of the body. So whatever the body the, the whole thing follows that it is the seat of the will, even the conscience, God's every deliberate decision. Therefore, whatever controls your heart controls your whole life. So Jesus warns, tell us, us do not store treasures on earth. This term treasure can mean a lot of different things. Most of us go straight to money. 
But as we see that Jesus says that it is moth and rust and thieves destroyed. So it is a broader term. It is things that we treasure. It is possessions. It is belongings. It is, yes, money. But it is things that we have found that hold dear in our life. But it could be even greater than that. Things that we hold satisfaction in. We could treasure the accolades or the attention of others. Why do we spend hours, depending upon what your weekly phone report gives you, of posting uh, to social media that others might be uh, belong to or look at, that you that every bit of your life wants more likes or or more attention. There are physical treasures. There are things that are in us. There are a bigger house, a nice car, collections, our looks, and even others desire good grades, or that becomes the ultimate. I know that there are some who, uh, some students who, who know that every bit of grade and everything that, that they even turn to, to, to medicine to help them uh, bring attention greater that they 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 their whole life lives and falls on these things jesus warns us that we should not store up for ourselves treasures on earth why are these dangerous why are these so concerning well because we are we get satisfaction from them and when we see them as ultimate things in our life, it, it becomes something that we fight for and long for. And, and all of it is something that we, that we want and that if it gets threatened, then we fight for. It causes strife, our our friendships. Because these things, these things are so important to us, we can't lose them. That we value those things sometimes over relationships and times and ultimately over God. These things, these things own our heart. Not careful that these things control us even over God. What we must ask ourselves is we need to understand, as Jesus says, if we place our value in these things, these things are temporal. There's no way these things last this life. Many of it doesn't even last a year. Moths and rust and, and thieves destroy it. What we must ask ourselves, do these temporal earthly treasures, how will they appear to us in 50 billion trillion millennia? When we are gathered around the throne of God, will we look back to these trinkets and things as ultimate? It's a poor bargain and when we exchange the eternal for temporal, regardless of how much sparkle is used to make it look attractive today. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a British pastor, observed this. He says, I do not cling to these things. They do not become the center of my life and existence. I do not live for them or dwell upon them constantly in my mind. They do not absorb my life. On the contrary, I hold them loosely. I'm not governed by them. Rather, I do govern them. And as I do this, I am steadily securing and safely laying up for myself 
treasures in heaven. That is what Christ calls us to do. Instead of, of, of investing, securing, and holding, and putting our faith in, in earthly treasures, that we are to then store ourselves treasures in heaven. That we put our heart in these things. Well, what could those possibly be? Well, Jesus has been for several pages now, maybe several hours now in real life, about what these treasures would look like. A Christ-like character. Chapter 5, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who have a pure heart are merciful, are peacemakers, are abiding in Christ. And these things, Jesus says, put your mind and heart in these things and God will surely invest them into all eternity. We know that investing in our growth and knowledge of God will, will pay dividends for millennia. We know that sharing the gospel with those who do not know him will have an ultimate reward for those who trust in him. Our use of money, yes, money is, is, can be used for good things, but it's the fear of it becoming an ultimate thing. But if we use God's, our, the money that God has given us, that we use it in a way that honors God for eternal things, for our church and for kingdom matters. Ultimately, we know that we must treasure things that are eternal. That is these eternal things, we must surely treasure Christ first and foremost. You see, it is in Christ and these things that we find all the rewards. That it is in Christ that we have found our forgiveness of sins. It is in Christ that we have found our way to be saved eternally. It is in Christ that we know that we have received a new life that does not value the things of this world and, and worry and hurt and pain and all these things. It is Christ who is our treasure. It is in Christ that we know it is in him and by him and through him that we receive eternal life. We know that it is in him and by him and through him that we are saved. We know that it is in him and by him and through him that we have everlasting life. Colossians 3, 1 through 3, Paul writes, So if I have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is warning and telling us, store for ourselves treasures in heaven. Look to him and his way and store our heart in him. You know, I learned this vividly as a child to not value things and earthly things, but things that are eternal. I remember going to my grandmother's house and, and in her formal living room, there was this, this old record player that took up, you know, half the, you probably remember those things that were long, they were probably four feet long and it had the big speakers and and, and on top of it was her valuable ceramic collection. I know in that day it was, it was valuable and important to her. And I remember going and looking at stuff and, and knowing that it's too, too good for me to really play with. But I wanted to look at it. And, and one day I dropped one. And oh, I was so heartbroken. I, did, I wanted to hide I did not want my grandmother to come. I did not want her. I was afraid she was going to hate me. She was going to 
she didn't want to be I was going to be in so much trouble and I told her and I went with my just my so sullen and so sulky I just I said grandma I dropped I dropped one of your precious ceramic dolls that were in there and broke it and she said oh honey I just remember this oh honey I hate that it's broken but please don't worry that thing is just a thing I will always love you in that moment I knew what was earthly and what was eternal I knew that she didn't value that thing more importantly than me and in that in the same way Christ values us so much because he gave himself for us he sees us and knows us and loves us eternally and in the same way we might be able to find our reward in him brothers and sisters invest in things that are eternal that are in christ that are in heaven do not be disappointed by the things of this world we must be ever cautious that we value things that are temporal because it will control our hearts. So, we must be on guard. Number two, your eyes will fill your whole body. Your eyes will fill your whole body. In verse 22, it says, the eye is the lamp of the body, and your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? The idea of what Jesus said is somewhat of a childlike simplicity. Many of us think to look of well, the, where the eyes look, but what Jesus says is no, it's what the eyes are letting in. That the eyes are like windows. And what the eyes are letting in fills the room that, that God has given you, your life, your heart. So if your eyes are clean and, and undistorted, the light will be coming flooding in and fill with joy and illuminate every corner. But if it's tainted or frosted or dirty, then it will not fill the room. So then Jesus says, the light in which gets into a man's heart and soul depend on the spiritual state of the eye. Brothers and sisters, in Christ we have received a generous, good, and clean eye, and in it we get to see and filter the world through heavenly view, through a way through the Bible, through the way things that are eternal, and we get to see how valuable things in by the way that Christ sees them. The child of God is renewed by the Spirit, has no divided loyalties, no ulterior motives. We seek the neighbor's good, not his goods. When Jesus commends the clear eye, he urges disciples to live their true identity in him. And in Christ, we have this good and clear eye. So therefore, when we do, we are not longing or desiring something that is temporal. And the good news is, and in this, that God tells us that if we are confused and if the, the window is a little dirty, if we don't quite understand, then what can we do? We can ask God for wisdom. James 1.5 says, Now if any of you lacks wisdom, we should ask God and gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. 
You see, it is in Christ that we can fill our hearts and flood our hearts and see the world rightly and understand that, that this world or this thing is temporary. This job, this relationship, this, uh, this accolade, this thing, these are all temporal, but when we see through how God sees, we see what is valuable. Christ warns that if your eye is bad, the whole body will be bad. So therefore, if we look with envious eyes, then we want things in return. If we want attention, we will look at people as some, we look at others as someone to get something from instead of something we should do for others. We know the dangers of pornography and how it wrecks the whole body, the Bible says, how it destroys marriages and lives. We know that what we let in changes what we think. D.A. Carson observes that, that darkness, this darkness is especially appalling if the person deceives himself, if he thinks his eye is good, when it is bad, he talks himself into believing that his normal loyalty to kingdom values is deep and genuine when it is in fact shallow and contrived. To be practical, we know that this world wants to point our eyes so that it will, our heart will follow. I mean, through the Super Bowl or any advertising commercial, what is the point of that truck commercial or car commercial? Picture yourself behind the wheel of this car. It's, its job is to pull you in and see yourself in, in a lifestyle and a place that you you see yourself that you want to be or 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 when someone says turns on one of those uh home improvement shows or or one of the uh the the, the advertisements of of look at this new uh, uh look, look at these new appliances and and this this refrigerator tells you what's not in the refrigerator and and now tells you what to go to the store for and some of them will make the order for you and and you're thinking to yourself oh i have to have this or this home improvement show oh boy i need to tear down all of this and i need to remove this wall and i need to put up some shiplap and i need to do all these different things and then i'll feel all right remember the bible says we should flee temptation. If we're not careful what the eye brings in, we have to follow. We have to give everything for. We have to put our money, our time, our effort, and everything goes into this earthly effort. Therefore, we should not stir up envy by allowing things to come into our eyes, into our life, that we see our friends, our friends' cars, our friends' vacations, our friends' stuff is a way to pull our desires away. This is kind of simplistic, but when I first moved here in northern Kentucky, uh, my family all rented bicycles to drive or to ride there in Snail Park across the river in Cincinnati along the river. We wanted to see the sights in downtown and we had bicycles and we were 
we were going and we were enjoying ourselves and it was a beautiful day not like today but it was warmer than today and we were enjoying the river and and everything there was to be seen and and there were times that when the tra foot traffic or wasn't as bad that we could pull alongside each other and we could talk and we could we could kind of talk about what we're seeing and uh, but what i noticed was when, when we were riding that bicycle that when we're looking ahead we're doing fine but when we would turn to talk to the other person we would kind of to, oh, oh, fix ourselves because where our heart went or where our eyes went so did the bike in the same way if we're not careful so does our eyes go so does our heart this is a simplistic thing, but we must understand that we must guard our eyes because it is guarding our heart because where our eyes go, so will our heart, and that was what we will treasure. That is what we will follow. So, brother and sister, is there something that you are looking at with the wrong motive? Is there something that you're lo looking at with the wrong desire? Are you looking at something that has the ultimate Reward? Do you look at something that is that that you think is going to bring every answer that you need fulfilled in that one thing? Brothers and sisters, I encourage you to flee temptation. Guard your eyes, guard your heart, because if it is the window to the soul, we need to be cautious of what we're letting in. So therefore, number three, follow only one king jesus follow only one king jesus verse 24 no one can serve two masters since either he will hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other you cannot serve god and money jesus has explained many things where your treasure is where your eyes will go but he puts it in pretty basic form here right serve two masters you can only follow one you can only serve one jesus explains that that it is in this that we can only choose between the living creator the god of the universe the one the object of, of this or the object of his creation mammon or money the word translated money here in the CSB and, and other translations is translated money, but it actually is an older word, mammon. It originally is a word that meant something in which one puts confidence in. Originally, this meant put your confidence in this thing. You cannot serve God or your job. You cannot serve job or this relationship. You cannot serve God or, or your treasure. Eventually, no doubt, because man's confidence is so deposited in riches that the world, the word came to refer material possessions, profit, wealth, and money. And no one can serve both. But Jesus says, we can only serve one. Now, some people disagree with this. Oh, I can be wise enough to do both. I can put my foot in one world and the other. I can follow God and my job. I can follow God and my money. I can follow these things. 
And then they trick themselves because then they serve God on Sundays and mammon on the weekdays. Or God with their lips and mammon with their hearts. God in appearance and mammon in reality. Or God with half and mammon with half. But the Bible tells us the tale is old as time. The words and instruction of God himself, even to the Old Testament, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. We cannot have two masters. So we must admit it. We must understand and admit that we can't compromise our lives in two different areas. We must understand and admit that we must only follow one master, one Lord, one king. But how often do we fall into this? We will look at two different jobs. The way that we look at those two jobs, what do we look at it? We don't think of it in spiritual or eternal terms. We only say, there's two jobs, there's two options, which one gives me the most money? We don't look at it in this way. Which way can I serve God more in? Or my church more in? Or my family more. We look and understand that, that we cannot serve two masters. We can't look and say there's one way or the other that we might live. We can only serve God. And Jesus then to uh, attack this, what does he do throughout his sermon? He piles up on these pictures of God and how good he is. How he is a shepherd who guards us. Who is a father who gives and cares for us. Who that he himself is a king that we must follow. You see, shepherds know everything that the sheep need to live and provide for them. Fathers take incredible care of their children. Kings have authority to get things done. Jesus is raising our eyes and our hearts to the king who should own our hearts. And he says, this is who should be our Lord. This is who should have our hearts. This is who should be our treasure. When we treat God as your treasure above all treasures, then we see and understand how those earthly treasures fade away. John Stott observed that this is when the choice is seen for what it is, a choice between creator and creature, between the glorious personal God and a miserable thing called money, between worship and idolatry. It seems inconceivable that anyone could make the wrong choice. For now, it is a question not just of comparative durability and comparative benefit, but of comparative worth, the intrinsic worth of the one and the intrinsic worthlessness of the others. So friends, it all comes back to the question, what do we treasure? To treasure Christ or treasure the world? Jesus says you can't serve two masters. It's incomparable. This is the most basic human position who will we make king of our hearts friends we cannot from this passage without considering this important warning and hope that we find in the scriptures john 3 36 says 
The one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who rejects the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. We have two ways to live, two masters to choose from. One, the master of this earth, the one that masters our hearts, sin and rebellion to God. We ignore God. We run our own way. We live our own life. And sadly, this choice that many people continue to make, the end result of which is inevitable and rightfully, if God is creator and Lord, rightfully ends in judgment. And we do not only have to put up with the damaging consequences of rejecting God, but we face the eternal prospect of living without him. But there is hope, and there is another way that we make Christ the king of our life. There is another way that we turn to God, that we receive forgiveness, that we trust in Christ, the resurrected ruler and savior, and this changes everything. For a start, God wipes away the slate. He accepts Jesus' death as payment for our own sinful rebellion. And freely and competently, completely, he forgives us. And he pours his own spirit into our lives that we might follow him and follow the riches of eternity through him. We are no longer rebels, but we're part of God's own family. And so now we face eternity with this hope of being God's son and daughter. So the question that we must face is who is our master? Because there our treasure will lie. Brother, sister, if you're struggling right now as a believer, that your heart is, is torn between the earth and, and God and the ways of God and the ways of man or the, the, the treasures of earth that will fade or the treasures of eternity in Christ, I encourage you, turn to the one true master. Turn every day to Jesus. Remind him or ascribe to him as Lord every day and remind your heart and your life that he is Lord of your life. With your love of money, with your cars and your clothes, confess these desires to him. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to put his desires in you. Ask him to change you. Ask him to free you so that you might treasure the things of heaven. When that happens, you will be so satisfied with God, you will not crave the things of this world. You will crave God. And because you crave God, you will want to do everything you can to store up treasures in heaven. If we're honest today, there are many of us in this room have put our faith in things that we already see moth and rust are destroying. We see it painfully. We lie awake worrying and thinking about it. We know with what we have placed our life and hope in, we already see it fading away but we cling to it hoping it will last but I 
encourage you, brother or sister, don't go down that road of pain because that treasure will never satisfy. Turn to Christ. Turn to the ways that he has shown us. Turn to the earthly treasure, the world of the heavenly treasure that he has displayed for us the one that comes through salvation in him fullness in him joy in him satisfaction in him brothers and sisters that is treasure that will last for eternity and your joy will be complete let us thank him for this marvelous eternal kingdom riches let us pray heavenly father we thank you for this reminder today so many of us are torn and stressed and worried because we have valued this place this earth this world its joys temporal things over heavenly things God I boldly come for my brothers and sisters in Christ this morning and we repent. We know this way leads to destruction and heartbreak. God, I pray this morning for my heart, for all of our hearts, that we agree with you where we have failed and we have valued earthly things over heavenly things. And God, I pray this morning that we repent and turn to follow the things that you have revealed to us as eternal. God, work in us. Help us every day to recalibrate our hearts through the gospel, through your word, and through your joy. Help us see clearly what is eternal may we value it above all. God, I pray that there's someone here or worshiping at home that has never trusted in you. God, this gospel, this good news can be accepted. This eternal reward can be accepted and received in faith right now if they will trust in you. I pray that you, through your spirit, would reveal them, reveal to them, save them, and they by faith will cry out to you as Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue in a posture of prayer. Let's consider uh, making this our prayer that um, as we've seen our, our eyes being the windows of our soul, that we would have a vision of Christ crucified and risen uh, that would consume us and fill us and that Jesus would be the center of our lives. Would you stand to your feet?
Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, nothing else matters. center of my life. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, nothing else center it's all about you yes it's all about you from my heart to the heavens jesus be the center it's all about you yes it's all about you from my heart to the heavens jesus be the center all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. Nothing else matters. Everything center of your church. Jesus, be the center of your church. And every knee will bow, and every tongue shall confess you, Jesus.
we are. Man, thank you, Pastor Sean, for your message. Uh, I was definitely challenged by that. You know, we can only serve one master, but isn't Jesus such a better kind of master than sin or possessions? We're slaves to Christ, but it's good to belong to him. He's kind, he's gentle, he's gracious with us, he's patient with us. Aren't you glad to belong to Jesus? So a few announcements for you. Uh, today, this Sunday, is our D Group Spring Launch. So some of you came uh, last weekend when Dr. Lawless was with us. He preached on Sunday, he taught on Friday and Saturday. Our church is launching these D Groups. A D Group is a group of three people, three women or three guys that meet together once a week for an hour to study God's word, hold each other accountable, and develop a relationship with one another. Uh, thankfully, we have around 45, 50 uh, people who have committed to, to do that, so we, we praise the Lord for that. If you have committed to being a D group, whether your group of three has formed or not, would you please stand? Yeah, go ahead and stand. If you are in a D group, committed to being a D group, we're going to pray for these. Uh, next week, we are going to... Um, after service have a D group interest meeting so that's for those of you who have already committed and formed a group that's for those who have um, committed but haven't been in, put in a group yet and that's for those of you who may be interested and want to find out a little bit more about what this is we'll do a little bit of training but we'll keep it brief 10-15 minutes uh, next week after service so we'll remind you of that but let's pray together as a church that God would bless these efforts uh, those who are in, who are involved and that the Lord would add to our number <clears throat> let's pray Dear Lord, I thank you so much uh, for the, the blessing uh, that this has already been in my life. I pray that you would, uh, you would bless these efforts, Lord, that we would enter into intentional discipleship of one another. In church membership, we, we commit to be accountable for one another and accountable to one another. So thank you uh, for this opportunity, Lord. I pray if there's anyone here today that would like to know more about this, that they would, that they would, uh, they would come and talk to somebody. Uh, Lord, we love you. We praise you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. A couple more announcements. Uh, this Wednesday and next Wednesday, so that's March 16th, this upcoming Wednesday, and the next one, March 23rd, we have new members classes. So if you uh, are interested in church membership, this is not uh, the, the, the final step of church membership. If you're, if you're interested in church membership, we encourage you to come to these. It's on Wednesday nights from 630 to eight, and you need to come to both. So if you're interested, the next two Wednesdays will be in the room down the hall upstairs um, in Miss Paulette Lyons' classroom. So we encourage you to come. If you're interested, drop by the next step, the next steps desk, and we'll give you uh, some forms and and whatnot that you need to fill out and in a book that we'll go through in that class. So we, we highly encourage you to do that. Also, uh, in preparation for our Easter celebration, for those of you who have. Uh, committed to to fill out some eggs and whatnot. Please have those back by next Sunday. Uh, our Easter celebration is April 2nd on a Saturday, 10 a.m. We'll have a, a great time together. And then lastly, uh, again, March 20th next week is a busy Sunday, but we're launching uh, Gospel to Every Home again. I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm greatly excited. The Lord did great things uh, last year when we did uh, Gospel to Every Home. So this will be the launch date for it. We have child care provided, so we really want to want to go go hard this this first one to to launch it. So you commit to come to come with us. Uh, we can put you in some. If you're not comfortable sharing the gospel, that's okay. Just come anyway. We'll put you with somebody who, who's a vet who's been there and done that. Uh, but let's go and reach our neighbors and our community for Christ together. Um, before we close, I'd like to have Pastor Sean come up. He's got um, 
an announcement for, for membership, right? Not doing that? All right, <laughs> you are dismissed. <laughs>